Do you like it when you're in trouble and you haven't done anything wrong? I didn't expect anybody to say yes. Have you ever been in trouble when you didn't do anything wrong? I have. Anyone else? Yeah, quite a few of us. It ain't nice, is it? It's horrible. And the thing is that Paul, the apostle, was in trouble and he hadn't done anything wrong and he was in serious trouble. I got in serious trouble when my landlady got locked inside her shop by a little hook. We lived above her shop and there was a little hook on the door and she was in the shop and couldn't get out. It's really funny actually in retrospect. (laughs) But I was in serious trouble for that even though it was my sister who many years later confessed to doing it. (laughs) And other people seem to do things and don't get into trouble. My dad nicked her water to, to do his garden. He would open the little window and put his hose on her water tap inside. And she never found that out. He got away with that. It's, life can be really blooming unfair sometimes, can't it? Well, it's nice if you have a warning in advance. And Paul, the apostle, had a warning in advance. He was on his way to Jerusalem with lots of money which other Christians collected for the poor people in Jerusalem and he was going to hand it over but every town he went through Christians said we've been praying you know and the Holy Spirit says you're going to, have, you're going to be in trouble, big trouble when you get there. So Paul knew. Now I just want to give you warning that you might be in big trouble this morning too. I'm really glad that Deb's had you moving around the place because you're used to it now (laughs) but it was your choice earlier in a minute some of you are going to have no choice and I'm going to invite Debs to be out here with me this is impromptu from her point of view I want you to meet the Apostle Paul who can no longer wave because He has been bound and he's a prisoner and that's how he felt when it happened he's been pushed from pillar to post because you know he was accused of doing stuff he never did and then he had to go well he had to go in front of all the court like a courtroom but it was really like the government courtroom you imagine you've done something wrong and somebody says I want you to go to parliament and stand in front of parliament and they're all going to accuse you of doing something really terrible and that's what you have to do that's what Paul had to do in Jerusalem and they tried to kill him and a Roman soldier had to take him away and then the Jews who weren't able to kill you They made a plot, didn't they? Forty men decided they weren't going to eat until they had killed him. And fortunately, you had a little nephew who went and told the Roman soldier. And the Roman soldier sent Paul a long way away over there from Jerusalem to Caesarea. And do you know, there were 200 soldiers and 70 soldiers on horses took him to Caesarea so that these 40 men couldn't kill him but when he got there he was in more trouble because the Jews then came from Jerusalem and they told the governor we don't like this man we want to have him killed 
And the governor couldn't find that he'd done anything wrong, but the governor wanted to please the Jews, so he left you in prison for two years, didn't he? Bound. Until another governor came along. And he found that he got a prisoner there. That the Jews in Jerusalem kept banging on about. Because they wanted him taken to Jerusalem so they could kill him. Now then, the new governor was called Festus. And he had some very important visitors. King Agrippa and Bernice came to welcome him to his new job. Now then, King Agrippa and Bernice are not the kind of people that you meddled with. They really were not people... You were careful of these guys. I won't tell you why. You can Google them, or I'll tell you afterwards, but I'll only tell you if you're over 18. They were not good people. And when Festus, the new governor told King Agrippa about this bloke. Do you know, I've got a fellow here who's a Jew, and all the Jews really... I've I've, I've talked to him, but I can't think of anything that he's done wrong, and um, except he talks about this bloke, a man called Jesus who is dead, but this fellow insists that he's alive again. And that seems to be what all the trouble is about. And I was going to send him down to Jerusalem, but he said no. I'm standing before Caesar's court. You have no right to send me back there. You know I've not done anything wrong. I want to go and stand before the emperor. So Festus said to King Agrippa, so to Caesar he appealed, to Caesar I'm going to send him. But I don't know what to tell Caesar yet. Perhaps you'd like to help me find out what what I write down on the accusation sheet. That's what's happened up till now. Now, we prayed about leaders. I want you to imagine a great big lecture hall. And there's King Agrippa, and there's Bernice, and there's Festus, and there are all the military leaders from the town, and all the bigwigs, the mayors, and the, and, and the commercial... They're all there, because they've all been gathered to hear this man, Paul. So, go and get Paul. Come here, Paul. You're very good at this. (laughs) And Paul began to tell them his story. And this is flashback, okay? Paul told them that he was born a Jew in Tarsus, And you were brought up in Jerusalem. In a big voice? Jerusalem. Jerusalem. And you studied under Gamaliel. Gamaliel. Yeah. And you were a Pharisee. And you did everything the law told you to do. As all the Jews in Jerusalem know. That's what you said, isn't it? Yeah. And actually then there were these people a sect called the Nazarenes. They followed somebody called Jesus from Nazareth. Greek word sect, incidentally, if you transliterate it, is heresy. 
So there was this heresy about Jesus. And did you like this? You hated it. And so you got letters from the chief priests, and he went around all the Christian places, putting them in prison. Would you like to do that now? Here's the prison. Anybody won't come with you, slay them. And he took children as well. Here's a prison in here. Come on, we can't have you free. Uh, it's mainly women at the moment. <laughs> oh, and two men. <laughs> I didn't hear too much uproar. Yeah, a bit more uproar, please. Yeah. Till they're stuffed in, come on. Don't let John T get away with it. <coughs> right. He laid waste the church. There's no gaps in the middle. <laughs> he laid waste the church. Thank you. You were furious with them, if I remember. Did you kind of shake your fist at them? Did you have some of them killed? Which one would you have killed? <laughs> Go on then. Oh. Oh. Yeah, so you need a couple of others as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No youth leaders left. No youth left. No jaunty's mothers left. And listen to them crying. They were in chains. You did that, didn't you? You horrible person, Paul. Because you hated them so much. And then you got letters to go to a foreign country to do it somewhere else, did you? Syria, was it? Would you like to go? Suddenly, on the way, <laughs> a bright light from heaven shone on him, which was brighter than the sun. And he fell to the ground. And he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? Can you remember what you said? You said, who are you, Lord? In a loud voice. And the answer was, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. The people with her, him, saw the light. Would you like to be with him, please? Saw the light, but they didn't hear the voice. And Paul, if I remember rightly, you couldn't see anymore, is that right? This is what he told the king, remember? And all the military leaders, and all the other people. And you had to be taken into another city. <laughs> like that. That's his flashback. Some of you are now dead, sorry. Nice meeting you at the time, though. <laughs> and some of you are now released. You could go back to your places now. Phew. But you might have to hobble back because you've been terribly treated.
okay, you can see now. It's years later now. This is what Paul told them when he stood before them. And he said, so, you said you weren't disobedient to the heavenly vision, didn't you? And you went out and from then on began to tell everyone, Jews and Greeks, that Jesus is alive. You never believed it before. You hated these Christians because they said the Messiah had come and was risen from the dead. But now you've met him yourself. And now you can't forget it, can you? And that's why Paul was in these chains. The governor was appalled at this point. As he listened to this, he said, your great wisdom has has made you mad. But Paul answered and spoke to the king. King, you know about these things. And the king said, are you trying to make me a Christian in a single day? And you answered, I'd want everybody here to be just like I am, except for these chains today. Thank you. Please sit down. Paul was taken to Rome. We don't know if he stood before the emperor, but we assume that Roman law made it inevitable. We know that he did die in Rome, but we don't know how. We believe that Peter the Apostle was crucified, but Paul was a Roman citizen, which meant that he couldn't be crucified. It was against the Roman law. But we do believe he was ultimately beheaded for his faith. This was almost a bit of a joke today, but you do realise, don't you, that in places in Nigeria, northern Nigeria, and around Mosul when ISIS was doing all that stuff. And I believe in Central African Republic. Things like that are still happening today to Christians because they believe in the one who is risen from the dead. The Bible is full of blood and gore, and we read it in our blasé Sunday style as though it's just a text these things happened these things are still happening to Christians who like you go to church because they believe in the one who is risen from the dead Ian Campbell I have his permission to say this meets some of these people who are treated like this from time to time I have no idea whether he's allowed to tell you his names or their circumstances, but if you want to pray more specifically for some of those people, you can see him afterwards, and he'll tell you. But notice this. Paul the persecutor became Paul the persecuted. He persecuted the church because he could not believe that God had raised Jesus Christ from the dead And he considered these Christians to be heretics. But then he met the risen Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus and could never deny it again. And because Jesus is the one who was dead 
but as Paul insists, is now alive. Because of that, he became the persecuted and would not renounce and could not renounce the truth. Jesus Christ is the risen one. He, as as the governor said, he talks about a man who was dead, but he insists that he is alive. The Greek word actually means that. He insists that he is alive. We do a creedal statement, he is risen from the dead. How certain are you that you insist that Jesus is alive? And if we insist that Jesus is alive, then here are two things I want to finish with. One of the governors, Felix, when Paul stood before him, we're told that Felix was rather well informed about the way. That's another name for the Christian faith, the way. Felix, governor, was rather well informed. I guess he would have made quite a good theology teacher then. What's the difference between Judaism and Christianity then? Well, I am rather well informed on this. I can tell you, knowing is not believing. Believing is understanding and like Paul, being transformed by it. Because this is true, it now governs my life. Jesus, who was dead, is risen, and he is Lord. And to Paul on the way, Jesus said, I will rescue you, I'm sending you to the Gentiles, to open their eyes, so that they may turn from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan, or as Peter read it earlier, the power of evil to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place amongst those who are made clean by faith in me. That's Acts 26, verse 18. So having encountered the man who was dead but whom we insist is alive. To what extent have your eyes been opened? To what extent have you been turned from darkness to light? To what extent have you been turned from the power of evil to the power of God? Do you understand and know the forgiveness of your sins? Do you know you have a place amongst those who have been set apart by God? If you have trouble with any of these things, feel free to talk to me, or Pete, or someone else you trust afterwards. Because it was for this reason Christ died, 
to cover our sins with his blood and sacrifice. And it's for this reason God raised him from the dead to deliver us from those things and make us new creatures for him.